श्री गौरीवैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाय ग्रंथराज श्रीमद भागवतम की जाय बहुत so continuing our discussion of Srimad Bhagavatam, first canto, chapter seven. And uh, we come this evening to the final verse of the first section of this chapter, which involves a discussion of the trance of Vyas, the samadhi of Vyas that uh, Narada instructed him to enter into, which in turn gave rise to the Bhagavatam in the form that we have it, a re-editing, as we've heard, of the Bhagavatam as he had written it previously by way of um, speaking more directly about bhakti, haituki bhakti, in no uh, uncertain terms, and um, as well by way of uh, emphasizing as the Bhagavatam, as we know it, Today does the leelas of Bhagavan, Swayam Bhagavan Sri Krishna. <clears throat> so, Vyasa had the trance, in the trance he experienced what has come to be termed by our Gaudiya Sampradaya, coining the phrase Jiva Goswami himself, Achintya Beda Beda. He experienced the idea, the, the, well, the, the, the reality that the nature of the Absolute is that he is one and different. He's one and different from his shaktis, by which everything uh, in reality, under the influence of which uh, transpires. So he's one with his shaktis, three principal shaktis of which have been uh, described uh, as part of his experience in samadhi, the Maya Shakti, the Jeev Shakti, and the Sarup Shakti. In Prabhupada's language, it means the external energy, the marginal energy, the internal energy. Um, he uh, is one with them in that they have no independent existence from him, but he's different from him at the same time, from them at the same time, and as much as someone is different than their energy. For example, you might say, I know Swami. Um, and he writes books. When you start saying he writes books, you're talking about his energy by which he accomplishes things and so forth. Um, you might even say the book is Swami. Hmm. Got him right here. Hmm. Um, so I might be one with it, but different from it at the same time. And an example is sometimes given of heat and light, which are certainly... Uh, fire, but we can talk about them as if they're separate from fire at the same time. Hmm. Could have. Anyway, so uh, the oneness and difference, simultaneous oneness and difference between Shakti and Shaktiman. Hmm. Uh, this uh, came out, and then um, we heard that having realized this and then reconstructed, re-edited, re- re- having rewritten the Bhagavatam, he taught it, the great Vyas, to his son. Of course, he was inspired to do all this, as I said, instructed by Vyas, by Narada, and during the Samadhi, he was, instructed, he was inspired by, by Narada to um, 
uh, rise above and beyond his despondency by way of directly glorifying Bhagawan and Bhakti. So, having done that, follow the instructions of his guru, we're finding here in Srimad Bhagavatam the experience of Vyas that gave rise to the writing of the Bhagavatam, his final work. So, we have uh, here a key to understanding the text, because it's a varied text of many verses and chapters, and it could be misconstrued to be saying one thing or another thing or any number of things. Um, but here is a hub, if you will, around which the text orbits. It arose out of the experience of Vyasa. What is the experience of Vyasa? When we understand that, as Sutta Goswami is revealed, then we can understand how to understand all the various statements of the texts, texts that might lead us to think, oh, the book is about uh, um, non-difference between Brahman and Jiva or, or something like this, for example. Um, and so he taught it to his son, Sukadev. Now, the, the, the implication of this is, is, um, is considerable, and it's along the same lines. Why the trance of Vyas is being explained here of course, the sages asked what happened next after Vyas was inspired by Narada. So in the narrative, this has to be told, but it's being told for this purpose, as I say, to give us the hub around which the book orbits, that we might understand it all, all of its various statements in context. But as we know, Vyas is not the only author, the only speaker of Srimad Bhagavatam. There are other speakers. And, as I'm saying, as the text has told us, after having realized what he did and, and written down the Bhagavatam, he taught it to his son, Sukadev. So we're going to hear a little bit about this, and for good reason, because Sukadev is another speaker of the Bhagavatam. Maybe he said it, maybe he had a different meaning. <laughs> so so the the text wants to make it very clear to us how to understand it and it's going to show us that all the speakers really and all the listeners have the same idea as to what it's all about so he taught it to his son Sugadev now Sugadev has been described earlier by Sutta Goswami who's narrating here to the sages of Daimisharanya described earlier in the text wherein Sutta Goswami offered his respects to his guru, his Siksha guru, in this case, Sukadev Goswami. He gave a couple of very beautiful introductory verses, pranam verses glorifying uh, Sukadev, what he, how he had learned from him and so forth and so on. And in those texts he was described as having uh, left home, hmm? Without having performed any um, any sangskars, without getting any education, without getting any uh, initiation, uh, he just left home, he went to the forest, and so forth. So now the sages, having heard that Vyas taught the Bhagavatam to his son Sukadev, they're wondering, well, wait a minute, because. Uh, the boy left home, and he was obviously the implication of his of this story of his leaving home. Um, and it said that Vyas called out, and only the trees echoed in response, and so forth. 
He had no ear for it, Sukadev, for family affairs or anything of the world. Going into the forest was um, um, implied leaving the world. Hmm? So the sages astutely asked, well, wait a minute, he's left the world. He is, implication is, he's self-realized, the boy. Hmm? He didn't even take time to dress. He was was naked. So why did he come back, evidently the implication is, and take the trouble to hear the text of the Bhagavatam, which is a long text, and you have to learn Sanskrit to know it, and uh, so there would be quite a bit of study. What is a self-realized person who has nothing to learn? Hmm? who is completely self-realized by his very example, by the way he conducts himself, it's apparent. Hmm? He conforms to the descriptions, for example, in the Gita, uh, in a literal sense, practically. Hmm? Uh, how does he look, or how does he walk, how does he sit, and so on and so forth, that Arjuna asks. So what is he coming back studying a book for? Hmm? So, very, in a very powerful way, the book here, by setting it up like this, this this uh, this uh, this uh, incident, this question of the sages wants to tell us this is not an ordinary book. <laughs> Therefore, we heard that um, um, Sutta Goswami replied to the sages, "Atmaramas chamunayo nirgranta api urukrame kurvanti hoy tukim bhaktim itam butugunahari." The famous as it's sometimes referred to, Atmarama verse. The verse, as we discussed in our last section, was very, uh, came up a couple of times in Gorlila. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu heard explanations of it, seven different explanations of it by Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, which was quite a feat, but they didn't impress the young sannyasin, Sri Krishna Chaitanya, who when he didn't respond, was prodded by the Bhattacharya to say something. Did you understand what I've said? He said, yes, but it's, it's like the clouds covering the sun, cloud of your imagination and covering the sun of what the sutras very clearly say on their face. And so Bhattacharya said, well, maybe you can educate us then. And so then Mahaprabhu took that Rama verse and explained it in 60-some different ways. And, but the, this was, is, was a display of jnana, one of the Aishvaryas. Bhagavan is described as being full in six opulences, wealth, strength, beauty, knowledge, fame, and renunciation. Uh, Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahabhu has been glorified in this way in the, in the Vastunyadesh Shloka of Chaitanya Charitamrita, a uh, shloka of Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami that, that's, that gives the tattva of his book. He says... Um, what is that verse? He says, um, he says, uh, no, that's the next one. He says, how does it begin? Uh, the, anyway, the Ba, the Tanu Ba, the, 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 the um, if, what the Upanishads, Yaradvetam, Brahmupanishari tadapesya tonuba atmantaryami purusha itisho shamsho vibhava sad aishvarya purna sa iha bhagavan sa svayam mayam na chaitanya krishna jagati 
Paratatvam Paramiha. He says, that which the Upanishads, Yadupanishad, Yadadvaitam Upanishad, that which the Upanishads call the non-dual truth, that is his Tanu Ba. That is the, the Ba of his Tanu. He says, <laughs> that, is the, that is the aura hmm, of his body, Brahman. Hmm? Yadadvetam Brahmanishadi Tadapyasyatunuba Atmantarayami Purusha. So uh, he says, and what is described as the, um, the um, Purusha, the, the, the Antarayami, the indwelling soul. Hmm? That is, Antarayami Purusha Sadai, that is his, uh, by Bob, his partial expansion. Hmm? That's partially him. You have his effulgence, you have what's partially him. Hmm? What's partially him is he who's everywhere in everything. And, and what is his effulgence is the great Brahman that's also everywhere <laughs> and inexplicable and so forth. Sadaishvarya Purna, he said. Sadaishvarya Purna, relevant to my point. He has sad six Aishvarya Purna in full. Full, replete with the six opulences that Parasharam, the father of Vyas, uh, invoked. He said, in defining Bhagawan, he said, God, the term Bhagawan, who possess Bhagawan, Bhagawan means to possess, so Bhaga, to, to, who possesses all opulences, all wealth, all strength, all fame, all beauty, all knowledge. All renunciation. We're attracted to these these things as they manifest in others. So Parashuram said, "Who has all these things in full?" That is Bhagawan. Commenting on this statement, in his Sandarbha Jiva Goswami says, "Bhagawan." What did he say? He, he says, he, he, "Not all attractive, but irresistible." Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, Practically speaking, you, you just think about it for a minute. How are you attracted to famous people? Hmm? If you hear so and so said it, well, really, and then you go and look, and and or to to beautiful people. Hmm? I mean, that that's all the all, only thing you find on the TV, you know, <laughs> is the beautiful people. Yeah. You have to put a couple of in there, to, you know, not quite beautiful. The contrast, but the whole thing is uh, so. It's very practical. Beauty is an opulence that uh, naturally draws our uh, attention and, and fame, knowledge, hmm? wealth. Hmm? Um, um, of course, renunciation is not the common one in the Western world, but it, but it is attractive view here. He lives on the top of the mountain. He only eats Tulsi leaves on Ecodicy. You know, they say, wow, let's go find him, you know. That will be, the, or you know, the, the, there was a Kai, a young fellow, not long ago, maybe a couple of years back, was somewhere in Bhutan or something, uh, and meditating at a banyan tree. He was sitting there for days and days and weeks and so forth. And then a whole crowd came, and the press came, and they roped it all off, you know, and it, was, and it became a major, you know, event. His renunciation, in other words. So, practically speaking, this is a very insightful. Uh, way of describing God. He's taking the things of this world that by their very nature attract other people. Hmm? 
Um, and, and he's saying the Godhead is, is the one who has all these things in full. Take them and magnify them a thousandfold. He says, he's the Paratatvam. He is that same Krishna, full in six opulences. So this is one of his opulence he displayed before Sarvabhama Bhattacharya, who was the most learned person in all of India. Hmm? Uh, Bhattacharya Sarvabhama was said to have uh, made Bengal famous as the seat of uh, Nadia, Nadia, in particular in West Bengal, the seat of learning in India in his time. Previously it was Matila, that city. And uh, he went there to study. Everybody would go there to study. He went there to study so that he could come back and establish uh, Nadia as a place of learning. So they had, the story goes, they had a particular book there hmm, that uh, they wouldn't let out of Matila. He wanted to have a copy so he could go and continue to study it. So they wouldn't let him have it. So he memorized the book, went back, and and um, as a result, Nadia be, upstaged Matila and became the seat of learning in, in India at the time. His disciple, Raghunath Raghunashirumani, became the famous uh, logician. He had written a book he was riding on a boat with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Nimai Pandit, across the Jamuna, and he said, I've written a book about logic, hmm? and I'd like you to read it. Mahaprabhu said, well, I happen to have written one too. Hmm? Check it out. So he handed it to Raghunath Shiramani, and as he began to read it, he began to cry. Mahaprabhu said, why are you crying? Nimai Pandit said, he said, my book is useless now. I want it to be the most famous Logician, this student of Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, and Mahaprabhu said, well, hand it back to me. And he threw it in the Ganges. And Raghunath's book became the most famous book. Mm-hmm. And this is what Mahaprabhu thought of knowledge unto itself. Not much. <laughs> you can have it. Hmm? Uh, Gita says, what to speak of karma hmm? and the results not not being um, enduring. The knowledge of Gyan with sattvic is also non-enduring. Neha bhikramana ashvasti pratyavayana vidyate smalpamapyasyadharmasyatrayatimatobaya This is bhakti. It is enduring. Hmm? Its result. Not even kar- not karma, what to speak. Not even Gyan. Hmm? Because Gyan is sattvic. Of course, there is a, there is a higher knowledge in, in, the, in that is... Bhakti is really the Rajavidya and so forth. That's another thing. Hmm? So at any rate, Mahaprabhu exhibited his opulence of Aishvarya. Excuse me, his, his knowledge, his, op, his Aishvarya, his opulence of knowledge before Sarvabhoma. And Sarvabhoma was a smart fellow, as I'm saying, so he could understand this is not an ordinary human being. I just explained the Atmarama verse in seven different ways, which was very artful and, and scholarly. And I know who I am in relation to thinking people of the world. And this, 60-some different ways, he fainted. Hmm? Mm-hmm. He could understand, this is, this is not an ordinary human being. Hmm? And then the words of Gopinath Acharya's brother-in-law that he had dismissed earlier started echoing his mind. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Bhagwan himself. Hmm? How could it be? How could it not be? 
he became a follower of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It's one of the main major conversions of Chaitanya, Sri Krishna Chaitanya and Jagannath Puri. Hmm? The king then became his disciple. The king becomes your disciple. You got the whole place. So, <laughs> so a famous verse, and as I mentioned the other night when we were talking about it, uh, Sanatana Goswami was a great scholar of the Bhagavatam. And when he was educated by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and all of the teachings of what come, came to be Gaudiya Vaishnavism under the architectural uh, kind of uh, uh, drawing of Sanatana himself, who was commissioned by Mahaprabhu to establish the Sampradaya. Uh, uh, when he got his siksha from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and he com- completed the teachings, he, uh, Mahaprabhu had completed his teachings, he asked him, I heard, you know, that you had... Explain this Atmarama verse of the Bhagavatam, 60-some different ways to Sarvoma. I wonder if you could, like, repeat that to me. <laughs> His scholarship was kind of coming out. I wanted to see that. And uh, Mahaprabhu said, Oh, I, in, in some kind of madness, as an upstart, I spoke in that way to Sarvabhoma. Hmm. My Sikshu Guru, he's only trying to instruct me. What I said, I don't know. But if you want, I'll try to say something about the Atmarama verse. Then he explained it in another sixty-some different ways as well. So, a famous verse. But um, the answer that uh, Sutta Goswami gave to the sages who asked, why did the boy who was self-realized study the Bhagavatam? The answer that he gave in that verse was a general answer. Sukadeva was not identified in that verse. He said, Atparamas Jamunayo. He said, there are, uh, there are Atmaramas, the plural, self-realized people. Hmm? And they take pleasure only in the self, but nonetheless, hmm, they become, uh, if they get the opportunity to hear, attracted to the qualities of Krishna because of just the nature of those qualities. Hmm? Indicating that those qualities, those leelas and so forth of Bhagavan Sri Krishna are are transcendental. They're 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 uh, a develop a, a develop development, if you will, within self realization, within Brahman realization. Hmm? Taking one uh, uh, d- deeper, wherein the Shakti and Bhagwan are interacting, and there's Leela and so forth. So there are many of them. Hmm? And this is what happens to them because of the nature of Krishna Lila. From this we should understand also that there is no merging in Brahman in the way that the Mayavadis talk about that. There is no real merging in Brahman. Hmm? There is getting close enough to Brahman that you're fully identified with it and so forth. <clears throat> no merging there. So there's a possibility of 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 going further, if if you are if of course you if you pursue Brahman realization through bhakti mixed with gyan, then by good association you can move on from shant, you can get shantarasa from that, and by good association you can go on from there to dasiras and so forth. Of course, it's true that if you practice gyan and mix a little bhakti in the other way around, then you can get some kind of Brahman realization that falls far short of Shantarasa. Hmm? But there's no merging of the jiva with Brahman. 
The jiva is one with Brahman, that's true, but different, and that doesn't change. Not that he loses the difference. He's constituted of a shakti of, of, uh, of the absolute. So, if we find instances of jnanis who appear to be self-realized, but they don't have any regard for bhakti, Bhagavatam says, Arya Krishna They fall down. Vishnu hmm? Chakravartitakura says in Gita, his commentary on the verse I quoted actually, that jnanis who have no regard for bhakti, although they destroy all ignorance, by Krishna's inconceivable energy, ignorance comes back again. <laughs> so this is for Jivan Muktas. So here, Sugadeva was a Jivan Mukta. He's in this world. But ignorance has been destroyed, and he's identifying with Brahman. He hasn't left the body, and uh, and um, kind of gone beyond. Um, he has opportunity still for some interaction with devotees, and there are other examples. This is the point I'm making here. Atmaramas, he says there are Atmaramas, and they get attracted. There are examples: the Navayogendras. In Bhagavatam, the uh, the four Kumaras mm-hmm. in antiquity, you know, the sons of Brahma. This example is there. So there are Atmaramas, and they, and in by contact with with Vaishnavas mm-hmm. and the descriptions of Bhagawan, it's possible they can become attracted if they're not offensive. They have no offense in the background. Offense towards bhakti, offense towards Bhagawan, thinking that bhakti and Bhagawan are mixed up with maya in some way. This becomes offensive. This will then impede and block the possibility of them becoming attracted hmm, in the way that Sukadev did. So, he has identified Atmaramas do this, and now he wants to say in tonight's verse that, that and it happened to Sukadev, who was an Atmarama. He says, Harer Gunapshita, Gunapshita, Matir, Bhagavan Badarayani, Adhyagan Mahad Akyanam, Nityam Vishnu Janapriya. So, Sugadev Goswami Badarayani, the son of Badarayan Vyas, he he was an Atmarama like these others, and he took up the study of Srimad Bhagavatam. Um, and uh, he became very dear to the to the devotees. The Vishnu Jan. Vishnu Jana Priya. It means that um, that he became attracted to the Vishnu Jan, and the Vishnu Jan became attracted to him. Vishnu Jan means the devotees. So his father was actually a devotee, um, and, but he left home without taking the time to find out, so to speak. So the story is in the Brahma Vaivarta Purana that uh, uh, how, Vyas, how, how Vyas reached out to his son. Hmm? And so we have an instance of the Vishnu Jan, that, that means the Jan means people, Vishnu, the Vishnu person. A person, one of Vishnu's people, this is Vyas, especially after being enlightened by Narada, hmm? uh, 
uh, he, 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 he wanted to share this Bhagavatam with his son. He thought, I have something now that can bring the boy back. Hmm? What did I have previously? I was dressed in white dress. Hmm? I looked like an attached person to family affairs who made discriminations between my family and uh, another person's family. The boy wanted nothing to do with that. Hmm? That maya, that sectarianism. Hmm? No. So seeing that, he left. Went into the forest. So now, I remain white clad <laughs> and as a householder, but as a Vishnu John, such as the power of bhakti. Hmm? Hmm? Uh, one can be a householder and be a devotee and not be uh, sectarian. He's now a member of the family of Bhagawan, so he naturally sees everyone else as part of the family of Bhagawan also. So anyway, he sent out, the story goes, uh, though uh, uh, a woodcutter. Hmm? He taught the woodcutter some verses. It's not like, you know, the woodcutter was a scholar. <laughs> Typically the woodcutter wouldn't be a scholar, but nonetheless... He was a devotee, <laughs> and uh, you don't have to be a scholar. He learned some verses. He told him, sing these verses when you're cutting wood in the forest, chopping wood to, to bring firewood back to the ashram. And so he went and he sang verses from the Bhagavatam. Hmm? The text here, neither the Brahmavarta Purana, nor the, nor the Purana identifies the verses, but some acharyas have uh, conjectured as to what those verses were. A verse about Krishna's affection for his devotees. A verse about how Krishna dealt with opposition. Hmm. Uh, Bhutana. This verse. How's that verse go? Ho bakiyam stanakala gutam. She came dressed as, a, dressed as a devotee. She wasn't a devotee, but she was dressed as a devotee with a non-devotional idea in mind, to give the poison tip of her nipple into the young infant's mouth. But he ignored the poison, identified her as a devotee, just because she was dressed as a devotee, and gave her Batsalya Bhakti. This is how he deals with this enemy. You see, this is Krishna. Someone had written and asked on the harmonist, you say that Krishna is God and he's all good, but how can he be all good uh, when there's evil in the world and we, we, we see that he lets it go on, uh, you know, and there's karma and so forth? That, that kind of a question. And uh, I said, well, first of all, you know, what what's all good, all loving? He, he, I think he used the term all loving. If he's going to be all loving, hmm, then he has to be a little bit oblivious in one sense. <laughs> if he's going to fall in love with you, you know, he's going to be biased. So he's biased towards his devotees. Putin came dressed like a devotee. Hmm? This is in the Brajlila. Then he gave her Batsalya Bhakti. Hmm? He's all loving. He ignored her assault. But he's not really preoccupied Krishna with the suffering of the world, of the jivas, and so forth. Oh, he's got different avatars to do that to one extent or the, or, the, or the other. But for the most part, beyond that, it's his devotees who are his Kripa Shakti. 
A fellow wrote me and said, looks like Perlot is more merciful than, than, you know, than Vishnu. I said, yeah, well, you're right. <laughs> because he's a manifestation of Krishna's Kripa Shakti. And Kripa means mercy. So it's through the devotees that Bhagawan shows mercy to the sufferings of, of the devotees. And they, of course, have some proximity to that suffering, and so they can empathize more readily. Krishna's lost in very intimate love. He's fallen in love with his devotees, so he's kind of in his own world there. But it's, it's truly a the, the Brajalila depiction of an all-loving God, and this is a good example. Hmm? Putana, how he dealt with her. He's not handing out justice there. Hmm? He's he's killing the demons, and they're getting, you know, they're even getting, uh, you know, Sarupya Mukti, getting forms like him, and so on and so forth. Anyway, this verse is conjectured a verse about his his affection for his devotees, a verse about how he dealt with the with uh, with uh, with the, the non devotees, and a verse describing his his beauty, his charm, from Venu Gita, where the gopis speak about how the perfection of the eyes, Akshnufala, whatever, perfection of the eyes is to see Krishna and Balaram entering into the forest with their coward boys and cows. Hmm? This is, and they describe his beauty in so many ways. So these kind of verses, the woodcutter is singing, and Sugadev heard that, and he could, it caused a revolution in his heart. Hmm? It caused some movement within Brahman, Reason to move within Brahman, which is everywhere, where there's nowhere to move. So he identified with that which is everywhere, there was nowhere to go. He was just sitting peacefully, but he had to get up and move. Hmm? This was not ordinary poetry. This is the Uttama Shloka. Hmm? The perfection of poetry, describing the personality of God. So, the boy fa- could understand, this is coming from my father. He was... Uh, he exercised some degree of all-knowingness and followed the woodcutter home. Hmm? And there he was educated in Srimad Bhagavatam because he had become attracted to the Vishnu Jan, to the devotees who reached out to him. Hmm? Their compassion, so his father's compassion reached out to him, had to find a way. See his, how in cre- creative means he came up with. Teach the woodcutter some verses. Tell him to sing in the forest. The boy will hear it, perhaps, and come back. They find a way, hmm? the devotees, to allow, be the venue by which Krishna will enter into the ears and hearts of the people. Hmm? So there, so he, so he described Vishnu Janapriya. He became dear to the Vaishnavas. The Vaishnavas became dear to him. Hmm? And he came and he heard Srimad Bhagavatam. So, the point here is um, that that we heard how Vyas entered the trance and what he experienced and how that gave rise to Srimad Bhagavatam. But again, as I said earlier, what's happening here now is Sukadeva is being, being introduced more formally into the text. Hmm? At the conclusion of the description of Vyasa's trance, it's explained, having had the trance, having written the Bhagavatam, he taught it to his son. 
Why did his son want to learn when he was in Atmarama? Because of the nature of this book. It's very extraordinary. Even Atmaramas, who are satisfied in themselves, become agitated by hearing this book. Hmm? And so the implication is that Sugadev Goswami, who is now the second speaker, will be the third because Sutta Goswami is speaking, but he's a student of Sukadev. Hmm? As he explained earlier, Sukadev Goswami, the principal speaker of the Bhagavatam, that it, now the story is going to be told. Hmm? How Prikshit Maharaj will be inter- introduced next. Hmm? And then the whole description, who's, who heard it from Sukadev, the whole description of how, over the rest of this canto, how Parikshit Marj came to the point of sitting on the bank of the Ganges and hearing from Sukadev. So what, what's happened here is, it's been explained, Sukadev Goswami had the same understanding as Vyas, the second speaker of the Bhagavatam, hmm? Sutta Goswami is kind of the third because he heard it from Sukadev and now he's repeating this. Hmm? So the second speaker of the Bhagavatam, Sukadev, now he's also a devotee. Hmm? He was Brahman realized. Remember, Vyas was Brahman realized. He wasn't satisfied. Hmm? Nard came and said, well, there's more. Hmm? More or less. Now we find Sukadev was self-realized, hmm? but there was more. And that more is what Srimad Bhagavatam is about. Hmm? That more is bhakti and bhagwan. Hmm? Bhakti the means and bhagwan the uh, the object. Uh, bhakti the love and bhagwan the object of love and so forth. So these things have all been explained in the previous chapters uh, by way of Narad's enlightening Vyas, by way of Sutta Goswami in the beginning speaking to the sages. All this is a is a is a is a is a co- complex and extended uh, introduction to the text. Hmm. Sutta Goswami has been introduced. Uh, his background has been given. Vyasa uh, has been introduced. And Nard is his guru. Now Sukadev is being introduced. And of course, Sukadev will, at the end of this canto, in the beginning of the second canto, Sukadev will, just at the end of this canto, he'll walk on the scene. Wow! And then... The second canto begins in a big way with Act Two, hmm? and Sukadev begins to speak, and everyone stands up. And what will he say? What did he learn from Vyas, the self-realized soul who got up from his sitting with no reason to move, and found reason to move? Hmm? And that reason, what was that? And this is this is the content, of course, is is Srimad Bhagavatam. So. Very artfully, the text is explaining to us what the principal speakers, and as we'll hear also, the principal listeners, like Parikshit Maharaj, what they were all about, which is then, obviously, what the text is all about. So if you study carefully, you see there's not, it's, you, you can't misinterpret hmm, what the Bhagavatam is saying here. Hmm? And this is, of course, this kind of understanding Jiva Goswami brings out in his Sandharvas. What, Vy- what Vyasa understood, Sukadeva understood, Parikshit Maharaj understood, this is Srimad Bhagavatam. Hmm? So, are there any questions? What's the time? Any question? You said that there is no merging. Yeah. 
That's Mayabad philosophy. I know, I was wondering, we heard, heard so much of that. You know, the property always would say, I just don't know, where does this idea come from of merging? Well, I said, the Mayabad idea is that the jiva is uh, only the, uh, is only Brahman um, under the uh, influence of Maya, <laughs> really. And there is no jiva, there is no individual self, there's only one self with a capital S. And so when you destroy the ignorance, remove the ignorance that is our um, identification with matter, then the jiva merges with Brahman. Just like if you have a clay pot, well, inside the pot you have air. But if you break the pot, you can't take the air that's in the pot and separate it from the rest of the air. This is their idea. Hmm? So that means there's no jiva. But we heard earlier here in the explanation of, of uh, Vyasa's trance that he experienced that there was a jiva. Hmm? And there was a difference between jiva. Jiva was one of the shaktis of Bhagawan. Maya was one of them. The Sarup shakti was one of them. And the jiva was overwhelmed by Maya, but Bhagawan wasn't. Hmm? So there's a there's a difference between the jiva and Bhagawan, hmm? and so forth. So and bhakti is the influence of the sarup shakti. So under that influence, the maya is dispelled, hmm? ignorance is dispelled, and more. One gets opportunity to associate with Bhagawan and Leela. Or if one wants sayuja mukti, hmm? this is in Shantarasa. But it doesn't mean that the jiva becomes Brahman. It doesn't mean that the jiva becomes Brahman and merges. That's what I mean by there's no, there's no merging in that sense. There may be a sense that there's nobody else, but there is. <laughs> and there's you too. Another question? Yes. That verse, there's a verse, um, that um, came from Lord Shiva, the deity of Lord Shiva, in relation to Sridhar Swami's commentary in the Srimad Bhagavatam. Sridhar Swami wrote a commentary on Srimad Bhagavatam, and it had um, a lot of devotional insights and spoke about the eternality of Bhagawan's form and his Sarup Shakti and so forth. And it had some Advaitin influence as well. And uh, so the Advaitins in Benares, uh, they didn't uh, accept the commentary. They were doubtful about it. So they, it was placed before Lord Shiva, the idea, the story is, the deity of Lord Shiva. And then this verse came out. Uh, somehow, uh, and uh, this verse says that um, 
what did it say? Um, Parikshit may know, hmm? you may not know, Sukadev knows, Lord Shiva knows, and Sridhar Swami knows by the grace of Narsingadev. He was a devotee of Narsinga. Something like that. It's a very similar verse. Now, the verse you're talking about is found in Chaitanya Charitamrita. It's a Sanskrit verse, and Krishna's Kavaraj gives no reference for it. It changes a couple of words. It says, Vyaso Veti Naveti Vya. Aham Vedmi Sukham Veti. Vyaso Veti Naveti Vya. When Shiva said it, Aham Veti. Raj Veti. Sukho Veti Naveti Vya. Something like that. I know the meaning. The Raj may know or may not know the meaning. Sukadev knows the meaning, and uh, and, and Sridhar Swami knows by the grace of the Shringadev. So, uh, how that verse and where Krishna's got that verse, maybe you know, over time it changed a little bit or or something like that. But it says, "Aham vedmi sukho sukham veti vyaso veti na veti va." I know I know the meaning, so it does sound like Lord Shiva again speaking. I know the meaning. Uh, Vyas may know, may not know, but. Sugadev knows the meaning. Um, and what's the rest of that verse? Humbade Um I can't recall. But anyway, um, so you're asking, does Vyas know or does he not know? He knows. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> he knows. Hmm. You might think he might know or not know because he's a householder, which means exemplifies worldliness. Hmm? But as we know, bhakti's power is such that householders can become, they don't have to become renunciates, they just have to love Krishna. Uh, and and that can be done in any situation and so forth. So, Another question? Yes. There's a nice statement in Chaitanya Charitamrita. Ekala Ishwar Krishna ar sabritya. Ekala Ishwar Krishna. Ek, only one. Ekala Ishwar. There's only one Ishwar. Ar sabritya. Britya means servant. Everyone else is a servant. And it pertains even to the Vishnu avatars uh, who come from Krishna ultimately. Hmm? And um, in Chaitanya Vaishnavism, Gaudi Vaishnavism is brought out very much by Advaita. Dvaitacharya is Mahavishnu. And he was bent in Gaurilila on establishing that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was his worshipable deity. 
And he worshipped Krishna, Vishalagram, with tulsi leaves and Ganga Jal, Ganga water. And he worshipped in the conception of worshipping Krishna. And he said, Krishna, you have to come. I'm Vishnu. Normally I do the work of bringing the avatars, but you have to come personally to remedy the situation, something like that. So this is an instance of Mahavishnu. Um, the, uh, the, the primal avatar of Narayan worshipping uh, Krishna. And um, and the sixth chapter of Chaitanya Charitamrita's Adi Leela is a, where there's a, a explanation of two verses of Krishna's Kaviraj in glorification of Advaita Charya. It's a very beautiful uh, chapter that um, emphasizes this this point that even the even the avatars they like the opportunity to to worship Krishna, and uh, and of course the way it is an example of an av- the, the source of all the avatars in the world who they all come through coming and worshiping Krishna, and also in the Bhagavatam we find the instance in which um, um, a Brahman's sons were disappearing one after another, and he complained to the Chatriyas, the Pandavas, like I'm a Brahman I've perform all my duties properly and I should be protected. My sons are disappearing. And so Arjuna made a vow that, well, if I'm worth my salt as a Chetriya, then I'll find your sons. And so then the story is they went everywhere and they couldn't find him. Arjuna said, I'll commit suicide if I can't retrieve your sons. So they went everywhere, couldn't find him, and then they were drawn to Narayan's abode. Hmm? Or Mahavishnu, same idea. And... Um, there were the sons, and Bhamishna said, "No, I, I did this just to get your darshan, you and Arjun together." So it's a nice chapter, and the Jiva Goswami invokes that or cites that in his long treatise, Krishna Sandarbha, which he goes to great lengths to establish the originality, if you will, of Krishna, the fountainhead of all avatars, and so forth. That's an ex- one of the examples he gives. So, yeah. <laughs> He's all attractive. He's uh, all, all all worshipable. Hmm? They have their constituents, but they also. It's another example of how the position of the devotee is most valuable. Even the Vishnu avatars will take the chance to become, take the position of devotees. Work. How can they do that? But in relation to their own source, Krishna. Swayam Bhagavan Shri Krishna Ki Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Ki Jai Gaur Premanandi Gaur